Welcome to the Family Framework Podcast. We believe when families win, we all win. The following podcast is a breakout session from the Northview Parenting Conference 2022. This episode features Mark Malin. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Good to have you. We're going to go ahead and get started. Run a little bit behind, um, but thank you so much for coming to this. I've uh, been looking forward to <clears throat> being able to share with whoever came. So uh, honored that you're here and making this investment in you as a grandparent, and ultimately those amazing little creatures we call our grandchildren. Um, I've I've titled this a grand calling because outside of parenting, as I was thinking about thoughts for this, I can't think of a grander calling. Um, that God has put on my life, and I think you would agree on your life, than, than the privilege of being a grandparent. I mean, what is better than being a grandparent? Amen? I mean, I asked my wife after they were around our grandkids and all, I'm like, who's got it better than us? This is amazing. So we love it. Um, so let me introduce myself. My name is Mark Malin. And uh, I have the privilege of being on the staff team here at Northview. I've been on the team for about two and a half-ish years now. And before that, I led a church in Kokomo, Indiana called Oakbrook Church for 34 years. And then I joined the staff team at Northview. And we brought our three campuses along with us and became a part of the Northview multi-site movement. And so um, I'm the multi-site director over all of our, our 12 campuses and our prison campuses and our market sites and all that. Been married to my wife, Rhonda, for 38 years. We have four kids and 10 amazing grandkids. So I guess I thought I was a little bit qualified to, to do this talk. Um, and we love, like you, being involved in the lives of our grandkids. I'll, I'll tell you a, a fun story about... Um, three of our daughters. So we have three daughters, one son. And um, this is, uh, we, we call this our version of March Madness. So no joke, um, about nine years ago, my wife and I are on a summer vacation in July up in northern Michigan at a lake. And within two days, our three daughters called us and told us that each of them were pregnant. So this happened in, in like 48 hours. All three of them are pregnant. And uh, here, here's a here's a pic of those girls. So we had a we had a family dinner one time, and grandparents were there and all that, and and we tried to have them guess who was pregnant, and come to find out they were all pregnant at the same time. So we had some fun with that. <laughs> so um, the story goes on that so all three of them were pregnant, and the grandbabies were all going to be born in the month of March, and all of them were going to be girls. So we had three baby girls from our three daughters in the month of March. And then a few months later, uh, around Christmas time, they, they got them together and put these Santa baby uh, outfits on them. Come on, friends. How about that right there? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's kind of one of our uh, amazing stories. Here's the, here's the picture of our whole crew. So we got uh, 10 of them here. This was last Christmas at our house with all of them there. So, again, uh, honored to, to be in this role right now. Cannot think of a, a greater calling on our lives than, than trying to 
um, influence the lives of those kids right there that mean the world to us like I know all of yours do as well. And as I <clears throat> said earlier, I mean, I believe that that as grandparents, one of the, the most significant callings that God puts on our lives come with, uh, you, you know, a measure of responsibility, like and an opportunity to to influence these kids that that he entrusts to us. I, my wife and I view it as, as uh, almost like a sacred trust. You know, our kids give us the opportunity to partner with them to try to influence these kids. And so we talk about it often as being a sacred trust and, and really a, a sacred bond that we have um, with our grandkids. Because I, I know you can relate to this. I have never felt or experienced a deeper love than I have for those, those kids right there. It's just... I don't know where it comes from. I didn't have to work it up. I don't have to shut it off. It's just, it's just amazing that God gives us the privilege to love on human beings as much as we naturally love on these kids. And I, th I think it's a, a divine opportunity to help mold and shape them into the people that God created them to be. Uh, Solomon uh, said it this way. Uh, grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Amen. We may not want to think of ourselves as the age, but it happens. And uh, parents are the pride of their children. And then David said this in Psalm 70, 71. I think it's interesting dialogue that he's having with God. Verses 17 and 18. He says, oh, God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood. So he recognized that God was shaping him and guiding him and imparting wisdom in his life from childhood. And he said, as a result of that, I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Then he, he says, now that I'm old and gray, don't abandon me, God, but let me proclaim your power to this new generation. Let me, let me share with them the mighty miracles to all who come after me. And I, I love his emphasis on the new generation. He realizes that he has a, a responsibility. Like when he gets on the top limbs of, of the family tree, if you will, he realizes that he still has a responsibility to impart and share influence and wisdom with those that are under him. And you guys, I believe no one like is better uh, positioned, if you will, to influence our grandkids than, than we are as, as grandparents. Um, as grandparents, we have the ability to have huge influence for the good in their lives as, as, they, as they grow and, and get older. And other than your grandkids' parents, I mean, I believe that, that we are some of the people that have the privilege and that sacred trust responsibility to have influence on their lives. And I've found that this opportunity to influence our grandkids goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? When I like, like I influence them, but they influence me. Um, does it make sense? Like that? It's a two-way street that that happens. Welcome. Hi. Glad you're here. Thank you. Um, like I'll give you some examples of what I'm saying on that two-way street. Like uh, here's a. Here's a picture of my grandson, Silas. So pretty excited, this picture. So this was a few summers ago, and we were uh, up in Michigan at the lake, and we were doing just our own little fireworks show. 
And this is the first time Silas had ever seen fireworks. And friends, this isn't like, you know, a thousand, multiple thousand dollar fireworks show that the city put on. This was me going to Walmart, buying the $25 box of stuff at the last minute. But he had never seen it before. And so he was just like amazed with it. And in that moment, that night, like most of us were more amazed at him watching the fireworks than we were watching the cheap firework display. And, and this... This is like what happens to me with these kids a lot. They reunite me with awe. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I, the older I get, sometimes I forget how amazing things are. And then I see it through their eyes like this, and I get reunited with how I used to stand in awe of things that I still need to stand in awe in. Or I have a one-and-a-half-old TJ, um, and when some of his favorite music comes on, He'll he'll get a smile and he'll ju- he'll just start doing a little little jig, you know, like this. And he looks so cool when he's doing it. And and uh, he, he just reminds me that music is a powerful art form, you know, and it does. It gets in you and it does move you. But the older you get, sometimes you you you're too, uh, I don't know, too proud to move with it sometimes. So I love that, that he reminds me of that or. Um, one of my granddaughters, Scarlett, she's uh, one of the March Miracle Babies, and she loves to read. I mean, she just, she devours books, and um, I love to read, too, so it's, it's kind of a thing that we share with each other, but she reminds me that, you know, we, like, we should get our, get our face out of Facebook and get it into like a good book or the good book, you know, and just get back into the wonder of learning and knowledge and educating ourselves in that way. So I love that. Or uh, our oldest, my 15-year-old grandson, Mason, um, he is a cross-country runner. And he is one of the most disciplined young men I've I've ever been around. I'm a little bit prejudiced, obviously, because he's my grandson, but he gets up on his own almost daily and runs. Um, coaches, parents don't have to motivate him. He actually types out a schedule of his mileage and where he's going to run and all this kind of stuff. And he just he he's taught me once again and reminded me that hard work pays off. This year, uh, he got voted freshman of the year on their varsity cross country team over to school in Lafayette. So, little grandparent brag there on Mason, but. Um, yeah, we influence them and they influence us, you know, and it's just that two way street. And it's one of the things I love about about being a grandparent. And so for the time we have left, um, I want to talk about how we can influence our grandkids. And I brought uh, a mirror with me here and I want to use it as an illustration in how we how we have this privilege of influence our our grandkids. And I don't know if you know this, but every time your grandchild looks at you and looks at me, we're reflecting something back to them. I mean, every time when they look into our eyes, it's like a mirror that reflects back to them. And I want, you know, this evening for you to realize that they're watching you all the time. They're looking into your eyes all the time. And we have this privilege to reflect back to them in ways that can mold and shape them and influence them along the way. I'll never I'll never forget as a young boy, I walked into the kitchen of uh, one of my grandmother's homes and my both of my grand 
mothers were there at the same time, sitting at this little uh, kitchen table in my, in my grandmother's home. And they were having a debate over which one loved me the most. <laughs> and it was, it was almost like they were arguing over who loved me the most. And I never forgot it. Like, I, I'm 62 years old now, and that moment was a reflection in, in their mirror, if you will, that marked me forever. I mean, I, I saw in, in their conversation in that mirror that I, I guess I was pretty special, you know, somebody worth loving. And they were having fun teasing each other who loved me more. So I want you guys to realize that you are like a mirror to your grandkids. And their whole life, they'll be looking at you. And so what should they see in your mirror? Now, that's like a huge question, right, that we could answer in so many different ways. But because of our time tonight, um, I'm, I just I thought of two ways that I think uh, we sh- or two, two things that we should reflect to them when they look into our eyes. And the first one is, uh, is this idea of acceptance. The idea here is to constantly reflect back to them um, unconditional love, unconditional acceptance as only a grandparent can do. It's, it's the idea of communicating that, you're, that you love them in such a way that no matter what they say or do, no matter whether they succeed or fail, whether they make the team or not, no matter what, in your eyes, in your relationship, there will be unconditional acceptance that goes toward them. And there's nothing they could ever do to cause you to stop accepting them, to stop believing in them, to stop cheering them on. Um, When grandkids have this unconditional acceptance that I think... Um, grandparents are so good at giving, we become uh, like a safe and secure place, a safe and secure relationship in their lives. And this kind of unconditional acceptance makes them feel deeply secure and safe throughout their life. And they need a safe and secure place because we all know what life does as they get older. They, They get dropped into environments like school, and teams, and church groups, and social media settings. And in those environments, their identity gets challenged, and and it gets shaped by things that I don't think they should get shaped by, by their performance, or by their talent, or by their behavior, by their intelligence, by their physical appearance. So they they just get put into these settings where everything and everyone is trying to Um, tell them who they should be and how they should be. And it can become a very unsafe place for them. But in, in our relationship, you know, with unconditional acceptance, they have this safe place to go to, a safe place to look in the mirror that reflects back to them who they really are. And we need to let them know, like what, what I, what I would call like that they're like Ephesian 2, 10 kids. It's my, my life verse. You know Ephesians 2.10? It's a good one. For Yeah, right. Masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. Like they need to see in us that we know they're God's masterpiece. And that they were created, listen to this, in Christ Jesus. That position that they have in Christ is a game changer as they grow and understand that. 
and they matter so much to God. Paul says in Ephesians 2.10 that God has uh, good works or purpose for them to do in the future. And that those good works, that purpose is so important. God created them to do these things. It's so important that Paul says that God planned them out in advance for them to do. Isn't that powerful? And so, like, I try to reflect that to him all the time, that that's who you really are, um, you know, as they grow older and can understand it. And no matter what you hear out there in the world, in here, in this relationship with us, this is who you are. And we, we accept you unconditionally. I, I, we have a teammate here um, at Northview whose grandmother just passed away last week. And uh, her name's Brooke. She's on our staff team here. And she wrote, I noticed on her Facebook page, she wrote a short tribute to um, her grandmother. And her words, as I read it last week, they really capture what I'm trying to say in this acceptance point that I'm trying to make here. Um, Brooke's grandmother, I believe, reflected acceptance to her when she looked in her grandmother's mirror. And I'll, I'll read you this, this short uh, piece that she wrote about her. She said, after an eight-year battle with dementia, my 87-year-old grandma, a.k.e. Gma, peacefully passed away last Tuesday, January 18th. Now listen to this. Gma was a perfect combination of warmth and kindness, laughter and love. She overlooked our faults, encouraged our dreams, and praised our every success. She always made us feel like she had been waiting to see just us all day. And now that she had, her day was complete. I loved visits to their Valparaiso, Indiana home, summer pontoon rides, picnics at the playground, day trips to the Indiana Dunes beachfronts. We loved movie nights at their house, watching Land Before Time, and snacking on tortilla chips and nacho cheese, which was Brooke's favorite, and seasoned oyster crackers, which was her brother's favorite. Grandmas, she said, are the best at spoiling their grandkids, no matter how old those kids are. And now I know that God is spoiling Gma in heaven as she jitterbugs and golfs and cooks to her heart's content. We miss you already, Gma. Isn't that beautiful? Is it I, I think it just captured like that lady for Brooke and her and her brother was a safe place. Where overlooked her faults, she said, warmth, kindness, laughter, and love, um, genuine, unconditional acceptance. I love it. So and here's, here's the other one I want to talk to you about, awareness. I think when they look in our mirrors, they need, to, um, they need to get an understanding from those who love them as much as we do and observe them as much as we do. Um, they need to get an awareness of who they are. Like, I mean, uh, their gifts, their talents, their passion, their abilities. Um, or to say it another way, I think that they, we should help them discover their why, which, which we'll call their purpose in life. And then we should help them discover their way, which is how they would live out that purpose that God puts in their life. 
So their why and their way, an awareness of that. Author Oliver Wendell Holmes writes these words. He says that every human being has music within them. Every human being has music within them that must be discovered and played. Played like a robust symphony orchestra would play their music. Played through the discovery and the living out of their gifts and their talents and their God-given passions. But then he writes these haunting words. Some people die with their music still in them, waiting to be played. And I, I read that years ago, and I thought, oh, what a tragedy for this to happen in people's lives. And we know it happens. Some people never discover, they, ha- they never have anyone that pulls that music out of them and encourages them to play it and to lean into it and to be what God created them to be. And man, I don't want that to be true of my grandkids, right? I want to be the one in their life that helps them understand that number one, they've got music in there and God put it in there and, and you've got to play it. And God gave you gifts and talents and abilities and passion to play, to play that music through. The psalmist says that our grands are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I get an amen? Come on. And so when they look into the mirror of us, you guys, um, we need to help them discover precisely how they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I know that can sound intimidating. Like, how do I do that? You know, that sounds like a tall order. Um, and it, it, it is a bit challenging, but it's, po- it's very possible. And I think, again, because of our relationship with them, the power of that relationship, the power of our influence, we are in a great position to do that for them. I have a, a good friend of mine uh, who's been a mentor for me for probably over 40 years now. His name is Dan Webster. And he wrote a book called Finding Your Way. And in this book, Webb um, skillfully lays out uh, four windows, four windows of constructs to help a person discover uh, their way or the the music, as Holmes calls it, within them. And and the constructs are this. Easy to remember. Look back, look in, look up, and look out. So look back, look in, look up, and look out. Let me unpack these for you just for a moment. The first window is the look back window. And the idea behind this window is in order to to understand who you are, you need to look back before you look forward. Like, think about this. Many researchers believe that we are the truest representation of ourselves before we were 10 years old. You got this? Before we were 10 years old, like when, like, say, three to 10 years old, that's in our lifetime when we were the truest representation of who we are as a person. Kids during those years are the truest version of themselves because think about this. That's all they know to be is they just get up and they're them. They, you know, no one has told them yet that they should be something different than what they just naturally are in their everyday going about and playing. During those years, uh, Dan says, 
that when you observe a child, there are tells, he calls them tells, T-E-L-L-S, tells or indicators in their, their behavior that represents who they are at the core of their being. Okay? So remember, like, think about this. Remember back through your school experience. In elementary school, kids, um, they, they tend to be most like who they naturally are. They don't, they don't um, feel the need to impress and be someone they're not yet. Then they go to middle school. An explosion of insecurity takes off in their lives. Their bodies change. They, they start to notice the opposite sex. Their, their understanding of themselves starts to change. And for most kids, middle school years are challenging years, to say the least. Then in high school, the monster of comparison shows up and raises its ugly head and works to blind them to, their, to their, who they really are. During these years, kids start to measure themselves um, in relation to others. They, they start to compare themselves in areas of talent. Am I as good as they are? Is I as good as she is? Uh, they measure themselves in looks and intelligence. And, and this happens to every kid. And instead of understanding and celebrating their, their strengths and their giftedness, kids get sidetracked wishing they were someone else and, and someone else that, that they, they admire or, or is better looking or smarter or more athletic or whatever. And in those moments, kids are tempted to abandon their true self and now begin this life of trying to be someone that they're not and someone that they can never be because it's not naturally how God wired them. Okay, so Dan in his book recommends an exercise that will help uh, kids, grandkids in our case, to um, look back during those single digit days of their life and realize who they were in, who they were in those days. And the exercise is, he, he tells um, young adults who are trying to kind of find their way career-wise and all that, he tells them to, um, to come up with a short list of people who knew you when you were three to 10 years old, preferably your parents, grandparents, family member that was close around you. And then give them a call or meet them in person and ask them to identify characteristics in your life that represented what you were like and, and who you were in those days. And ask them questions like, like, yeah, what was I like as a kid? Um, what did I love doing? What did I love playing with? What were my interests back then? What was my personality back then? And by looking back, they will realize who they truly were at that innocent season of their life and when they were the truest version of themselves. And by helping them look back, they will see their gifts, talents, and passions, and they will realize that what they were back then has carried all throughout the journey of their life to where they are now. I've done this with uh, a lot of young adults in, in some coaching that I'll do sometimes to help them figure out their career or whatever along the way. And so we do this exercise. And you guys, it's amazing. They come and I'm like, what'd your grandma say? What'd your grandfather say? What'd your parents say? They start, they start laying out these talents and interests and things that they just naturally gravitated to. And then um, I'll say, well, what about now? How do those things line up now? And it's amazing. You see the thread of their talent, passion, and giftedness. It's woven all throughout the chapters of the story that God is writing through their life.
It's, it's a really eye-opening experience for them. So um, after reading about this exercise, I came home uh, one day and said to my wife, Rhonda, I said, um, we need to do this for all the grants. So we, we have a journal. We call it the Grands Journal. <laughs> and uh, I have pages dedicated to each of our grandkids. So my 15-year-old now, I've got about two pages on what he was like in that early season of his life. And uh, the one-year-olds, we just write cute right now on those, but we'll add to it as they grow. But what I want to do is I, when they get my, you know, my grandson's 15, a few years he's going to be figuring out, where do I go to school? What do I do with my life and all that? I want to be able to sit down with him and say, buddy, this is who you are. When before all the pressure, all the, you know, people telling you what you should be and all this, this is really who you are in your truest form. This is what you were like back then and all that. And, and I want to set them up to have a pretty good understanding of, of where they should go, you know, with a career in their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys, who does this for our grandkids? I don't think anybody does, but it would be so profound if we would help them become aware of these, these gifts and passions that God has put in them. And then when they get to that age, we can say, hey, I'm going to help you understand some about yourself. Okay. So that's, that's the look back idea. And I, I won't take as much time as the rest of them, but look in. The idea here is to help our grands learn from the pages of their life experience as they, as they grow and become older. And we do this by keeping an eye on them, uh, specifically like through their high school uh, years, and help them take note of things like um, classes they loved, subjects they, they gravitated toward, things that they didn't like, things that they weren't great at as far as education. Um, we try to, to help them understand their interest, you know, their hobbies uh, along the way. The high school years is usually when their natural giftedness will start to come out. It's also the time when their passion starts to come out. And by passion, I mean the things they love, the things they can't get enough of. Um, when they do them, time flies. Uh, if they have spare time to go on, you, you know, to read or to get on the Internet, they gravitate toward that subject or that hobby. Um, what they love to be around, what they love to learn about. So that's passions. OK. And as grandparents, we can also the older they get, we can we can help create experiences that fuel that passion or that get them in, in that area where they can use that gift or talent and watch them enjoy it and figure out that, that's, that the music in them is starting to play. And this is what God has put in them. And um, like with my, with my grandson, Mason, when he was a young kid, he was fascinated by animals. He read and, and wanted to have read to him every animal book that we could find. So we start, we t we've taken him to so many zoos <laughs> along, you know, his life. Uh, he's 15 now, and I have a, I have a friend um, who's a veterinarian. And so uh, we've got a meeting set up to go meet with her and just let him kind of ask her what she does and what it's like. And if he has interest in it, maybe shadow her for a week or two or a month or the summertime or whatever. Um, so you see what I'm saying? If we can, if we can help them 
by looking back and looking in, then we can start reflecting to them who God has made them to be and what their future might be. And that goes to look up. This one, as you can probably figure out, is this is when we begin helping them look to God for direction and guidance in this process, helping, helping them realize that God gifted them the way he did on purpose for a purpose, helping them realize that God has placed a grander vision on their life and he wants them to have a greater influence in maybe what they could dream or imagine. And I believe one of the greatest things we can do for our grands is to help them figure out um, what God wants their life contribution to be. There are way too many 20-somethings, and we all know this right now, even 30-somethings, that they're clueless on what they should do with their life. And that generation has kind of gotten a bad rap for it, but I always pause when I hear that and think, I think the rap should be shared with you know, parents and grandparents who did nothing to help them figure out who they, who they were, you know, were created to be and what their life contribution can be. So that's look up. And then the last one is look out. And you can probably figure out this one is, in this exercise, Dan encourages people to ask those who know them well, who have been around them a lot, just to ask them, hey, what do you think I'm good at? What do you think I'm gifted at? What comes naturally to me? What, what like stirs me? Uh, what, is, what is something that, that you would call a passion of mine? And sometimes those around us see us clearer than we see ourselves, especially the older we get. And so that's the idea behind Lookout. So yeah, um, the idea, you know, is your grands are always looking at that mirror that is you. And uh, we can reflect so many things back to them. But by all means, please think about the, the power of acceptance and the power of awareness because it'll give them that safe and secure place, that relationship that they need in this crazy world. And it will help them, I think, figure out their why and their way as they move forward. And who knows? Who knows? Just maybe. Look at this right here. One of my favorite Can authors. The name of that book? Yes, Finding Your Way by Dan Webster. Thank you. Great question. So one of my favorite authors is a guy named uh, Parker J. Palmer. Um, he wrote probably his most famous book. is called Let Your Life Speak. Uh, but in an, another book recently that I was reading to him, uh, and he just wrote it recently. He's 80 years old now, so I picked it up. It's about aging well and all this kind of stuff. But he, he had a, a quick little line. And he said, my granddaughter Heather is one of my, look at this, best friends. I like, when I read that, I stopped, it stopped me in my tracks. My granddaughter, Heather, is one of my best friends. The journey we have shared since she was born has opened my eyes, my mind, and my heart to so much. And when I read that Parker and his granddaughter were best friends, I immediately thought to myself, how incredible would it be to someday say that one of my grandkids was one of my best friends and that we had such a close connection with one another that we had that kind of relationship with each other. A worthy goal for every grandparent to have. You agree? Amen? All right. Thanks so much for coming to this, you guys. Uh, when Kurt said, yeah, it's going to start at 8.15, I'm like, Kurt, we don't stay up past 9 o'clock, man, so I don't know if anybody's going to be coming, but... 
so honored that you came and uh, yeah, just cheering you on um, as you try to influence those amazing human beings that God has blessed you with. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for uh, the, the family relationship, God. Parenting, grandparenting, uh, the kids that you bring into our lives who mean so much to us, God. It is such an honor to be in these roles, God, and to have the opportunities to do life with them, to love them, to point them to you, to help them understand how much they matter to you and to us and that you created them on purpose, God. And so I pray for my friends here, uh, whatever is going on in their grandkids' lives, I just pray that you would be big in that right now, God. I pray that you would give them opportunity to love and to influence and to mold and shape them. And may we all be uh, mirrors, as we talked about, God, that reflect you to those kids as they look back at us. And again, we thank you for the privilege it is to be able to be a part of their lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you. Yeah.